Welcome to The Big Idea. We take the best leadership and business books out there today and bring you The Big Idea. G'day, Jono. How are you? I'm exceptionally well, Dan. What book are we looking at today? We're looking at The Four Disciplines of Execution. How would you rate this book out of 10? I reckon it's one of those um, books in that upper echelon, to use that word, of must-reads for any leader. I'm loving it. Yeah. Give us give us a summary. Well, the summary um, is basically that good ideas without execution are worthless. And this looks into why people fail to execute, to get things done. Um, and then it's going to give us four, four main uh, disciplines to you know, to work with and to um, apply. And it's going to, if, if you can do this as a team, it's going to lead to a lot more stuff getting done and more importantly, the most important stuff. Yeah, the thing I like about this book is there's lots of other books and things I've tried where you have a great idea, you have lots of vision, but you don't actually end up following through. Whereas this book really tells you how to take a great idea and make it tangible and actually make it happen. What are the four sort of big ideas in the book and then let's unpack each of them. Well, I think the big, um, there's there's four disciplines, but I think what they said first in the book is why we need these is that, or why do people fail? And there's this thing called the whirlwind. And these are the unexpected problems that come up. These are the um, urgent things that pop up. They ev- Everything seems like it's important um, and urgent. But these things are going to, this is going to be the death of getting things done um, in the whirlwind. So that's an important thing to know that that's what we're up against, what we're battling with. So it's that phone call that comes through. It's all the day-to-day stuff, all the emails, you know, um, which are part of the whirlwind. It's like the ashes. You're trying to do work. You're trying to do a crucial invoice, but the ashes are on. Is that exactly the same as what they're talking about? For all you international listeners, and we also know that um, Steve Smith, that you're listening right now, um, even though you're, you're playing cricket right now, the, the Ashes is the cricket game of Australia versus England. We know we we know Steve's got us in his ears as he stands in the slip cordon, and uh, bless you, Steve. Thank you. Uh, four steps. Okay, tell us about the wig. What wig would you? <laughs> I'd go with wig? the brown. I'd go with the the, the hazelnut look. What wig and should I wear if I want to execute well? Well, let's go. What is a wig? A wig is a wildly important goal. It's um, it's that one thing that not a uh, not a wildly a wildly important goat. <laughs> no, that's for another book, uh, and that's very um, very sort of farming specific. Um, <laughs> but here, but like the the question, ask yourself of this: What's this one goal? Which um, is like if. The question is this, is if everything remained um, the same, what one achievement would make everything else seem secondary? Like if you were to get this one goal and you could sort of maintain the others um, and winning this goal would just, you know, knock everything else out of the park, what would that one thing be? Yeah, I I like that. I've started using that with teams because I love Patrick Lencioni's question, what's most important right now? And he uses this line, if you could only achieve one thing in the next 
three months, six months, it depends on the time frame, to know you're successful, what would that be? Sometimes though people struggle with that. And this is I've actually used this question and found teams have have gone, ah, okay. What one thing, if everything remained, what one thing makes everything else secondary? Mm. That is a great question. And that can really help you to put put the wig on, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Um I, I think a really good analogy that they use in the book is that um it's like at an airport when you've got to land all these planes. Um, yes. There's all these planes in the air, but there's one which is the most important, and that's the next one coming into land. The others can be circling as long you know as long as they're safe, that's okay. But all your focus at any one moment is on that next plane which has got to land. Um, that's right. That and- was a great explanation, hey, because like you think of what's the person called who's up in the tower? Air traffic controller. Bob. They yes, yeah, Bob, Bob Jones. Um, hey, Bob, thanks for listening, brother. <laughs> Air traffic controller at San Diego Airport, long-time fan, first-time shout-out to him. <laughs> Bob, uh, air traffic controller Bob, he's got a lot on his plate. He's, uh, he's stressed. stressed. <laughs> he's um, he's really got a Disenfranchised. Disenfranchised. <laughs> he's unionizing. <laughs> air traffic controllers around the world. Uh, uh, is he planning a hostile takeover? <laughs> Of the airport. Yeah. I think he's actually... He's trying to franchise he's, his job, isn't he? <laughs> I don't want to get too niche, but he want, <laughs> he's he's longing to ride a hoverboard in. <laughs> and airport security, are, we know those they're things. They're not going to let it happen. They're not going to let it happen. So he's got a lot on his plate. But he has to land a plane. <laughs> so for him, big question is what's the wildly important goat? <laughs> <laughs> wildly nah. important goal. And so he knows... You know what? Every plane's important. Every person is important. Let's and land them all at once. <laughs> Let's land. Because we don't want to have any one plane no, feel. I want to make sure he's he's all about he, spending his time yeah. well, earning his keep. Yeah. <laughs> he's, about, he's about equality. All right. I want, I want all you planes to line up at once, please. Proving himself to the powers that be. <laughs> and he's holding his hoverboard, sitting in his swivel chair, <laughs> and he just clicks, land, 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 land. What would happen? <laughs> It wouldn't go He'd well. He'd lose his job. No, but uh, that most important plane. Anyway, so that's so. Here's how you make a wig. Um, when you 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 find the right material. No, it is. It's it, here's when you know you've got a wig. It's you, take three you, or four strands of arm hair. It's from how do we get from X to Y by Z? Ooh, say you that. Know. Say that three we, three I, more times, exceptionally slowly. For the sake of our listeners, I'll repeat it just quickly. Um, how do we get from here to there? By when? Don't change his language. Okay, from X to Y by Z. That is the wig. So your People first step is focus on the wig. Idea step number two. <laughs> they don't want to hear your big idea. They want to hear the four disciplines of execution. From X to Y by Z. That's right. That's the wig. Most important goal. We've heard all this before, but there's three more absolute yeah, stonkers coming in. Them. Go, Johnny. What's number two? Number two is to measure lead behavior. So the 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 if big idea gu- is this for guitarists. Yeah, so if you're playing electric guitar, measure are you are you are you doing lead riffs twice a song, three times a song? Uh, I was no. thinking more of their guitar leads. <laughs> are you rolling up your leaves? Are you throwing yeah. them? In are the you bag? doing the double twist? Uh, so lead behavior is particularly powerful because your lag indicators are often discouraging. So lead measures we're talking about. Yes, yeah, lead measures. And they make some really great points in the book. And that's one of the things I like about this book. It's very practical saying, well, the first thing is you've got to decide what your lead indicators are, because if you only have lag indicators, you know, small business owners, I need to have, 
I need to increase my cash flow by 50 grand this year. Okay, well, that's great. But what happens in a month when you haven't seen any breakthrough yet? You've only increased it by 3,000. Suddenly that 50 grand is still a great goal. It might be your wildly important goat. So what's the difference between a lag and lead indicator? Well, lead indicator, if you imagine two runners, one is lagging behind, slowing down, tripping over himself. One is leading the race. Your lead, your lead indicator is ahead. It's leading you. Your lag indicator, it's lagging behind. Are you eventually going to win the race? Yes. So just for a bit more clarity, the, the, most people measure lag indicators. We all measure they? lag indicators. For example, income. income. So income is a lag indicator. It's, it's something that when, you, when the money comes in, it, it's happened after the event. Yes. Um, it's usually something that, oh, that's right. This is the biggest thing I got out of this. It's something that lag indicators are often things that you can't influence or improve daily or weekly. Yeah. So I can't influence or improve my annual revenue today. What I can do is a bunch of things that will lead to that. But a lead to that. A lead indicator is something that I can influence and improve daily or weekly. So a great example, I can't remember if they use this in the book, but I hear this all the time in sales, is revenue might be your lag indicator, but your lead indicator would be number of phone calls. Because, hey, I can influence and improve daily and weekly the number of calls I make. And they give this tip in the book that you should increase these every day. So that's how lead indicators are encouraging. Lag indicators can be discouraging. But lead indicators Mm. give you... um, Lead indicators is what encourages you and keeps you motivated. Boom, I did 12 calls today instead of 11. That's my new goal and I hit it. Whereas lag indicators is what verifies that your lead indicators are working. Hey, we're three months in and we've got 20 grand. Uh, We're well and truly on our way to 50 grand extra revenue this year. And if if you were trying to lose weight, if you're measuring your weight, that's a lag indicator. That's something that's, um, you know, uh, after the fact. But what, what would... Um, but a lead measure is how many times you go for a run a week yes. and things like that. How, um, how far you run, how long you run, the height that uh, you run. The, the, what's it called on a map? The topography of the run. So point number three. <laughs> you know, I could, can I ask you a question, Dan? Yes. You, you'd better say yes. <laughs> when it comes to lead behaviours, I'm of the opinion do you need to see your lag behaviors? Oh, wait a second. That doesn't make sense. Do you need These, to see your lag measures and your goals? I think, yeah, the, I think the point here is focus on your lead, but you also want to know what the lag measures are, which takes us to our third point. That was a good segue. Scoreboard. People play differently when they know the score. That's right. If you think of a soccer game and people are having a friendly match, they play very differently to if they're one goal down and there's five minutes to go. Yeah, that's right. I, I love that they yeah, talk about that in the book. So knowing it's, the score will lead to a will to win boom. and a will to win leads to uh, execution. I Yeah, that's such a crazy difference, isn't it? Imagine you're in the park having a kick around. No one's keeping score. It's you and three mates and you're just juggling the ball, kicking a ball around. Think of the intensity you have in that moment compared to when you're on a team that's one goal down with five minutes to go. Yeah. You push yourself, you push through thresholds. It's crazy. That's such, it's such a good important uh, idea. So what do you have on the scoreboard? Well, you've got your wig, your wildly important goal. You've got yep. your lead measure, yep. which makes you feel like you're winning. And you've got your lag measure, um, which actually verifies 
you're winning. And you can right. always look at these, and that's why I do love the. It needs idea to be five seconds or less. Like yes. you need to be able to. It needs to be right there. Um, it should visible. be like basketball. Yeah, you know, it should be able to look quickly. You just look bang, up and be like, oh, we're, we're down by ten. You shouldn't be like, that's right. Let's have a half hour meeting to work out what this says. Uh, scoreboard: Should it be visual or should it be hidden away in a cupboard? Depends what game you're playing. If your game's in the cupboard, <laughs> if it would you be are good. Playing, Therefore, it would be visual. If you are playing. Marie Kondo, how to put things away in the cupboard, then have a scoreboard in the cupboard. Brilliant. And we know you're listening. Marie, <laughs> can I just say? Don't listen to him. Thank you. Number four, and this is the fourth discipline of execution. Accountable. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we like to keep it brief, on point, and just. This is for teams, um, really, to be accountable to each other. It's like a weekly rhythm. And there's um, one main thing about this is that uh, individuals state their own goals just verbally. They say, I'm going to achieve this by next week. Um, and it's really important. That's um, like, um, yeah, it's m much better than a boss saying, you must do this by this time. Um, I don't know the, the studies on it, but I'm sure there's a lot more follow through when people set their own goals. Yeah, Patrick Lanchoni talks about you. People need to weigh in to buy in. Lanchoni. Patrick Lanchoni. What Sean Connery used to say. Patrick <laughs> Lanchoni. Um, Patrick Lanchoni talks about that. And he says people need to weigh in. And I love that because you can say to your team, okay, what's everyone's uh, goals for this week in terms of your lead indicators, particularly, right? Because they're the things that you're really focusing on. And it becomes a mini scoreboard because. You all go around and people say, well, this week, I, you know, I've been pretty consistent with doing 10 calls a day, but this week I really want to try to hit 12. And that's where they talk about reputational accountability. It's There's something about saying it that now you want to keep your word and actually follow through. And so once people say, you know what, I want to do 12 phone calls a day, if they have to come to the next meeting, and this is like a 101 great meeting framework is to start by reviewing last time and to have people set their own, um, you know, in a similar thing that I do with meetings is you get people to say, what are your key, what, what do you think are your key priorities for the next week, two or three of them? And it's really the same thing here because people are putting their reputation on the line saying, well, I really need to sort X, Y, or Z. And now what happens a day out from the meeting and you go, oh, that's right. I said I was going to do that. And uh, it's not worth getting up in arms about it. It's just how we're wired. And reputational accountability, it's another way to reinforce execution and make sure that we follow through. That's right. So we've got focus on your wig. We've got um, measure your lead, the lead goals, your lead indicators, have a scoreboard, and have accountability. Those are the four disciplines of execution. That book's written by Chris McChesney and Sean Covey and Jim Hewling. Thank you guys for writing that and thanks for tuning in as well. Jim Hewling, uh, particularly passionate. Raving listener. fan. He He's actually, uh, and, and you know what, if they want to, if you guys want to use Wildly Important Goat as a bit of a video animated video analogy. Or just to reach another target market, I'd say. Yeah, to reach the farming, agricultural, here, here in Australia, the agricultural community. I don't know how many goats we have in Australia, but uh, I don't think it matters either. But the big question for all of you out there today, if you've got a notepad, write this down. What's my wildly important goat? 
<laughs> and consider that for a while. If you're vegan, uh, then keeping the goat alive could be your wildly important goat. Thanks for listening. It's been great to spend some time with you, Jono. This has been really helpful for me, Dan. And um, thank you. Do you have one final takeaway <laughs> for everyone? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to know what it is? Oh, I'm desperate. Yeah, be aware of the whirlwind. The, thing, Ooh, the, the things that, love it. you know, um, just suck up all the time and just scream that they're in the most important um, and find your wildly important goal. Well said. We'll catch you next time. Bye oh. now. Bye. <laughs>